Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Katie Walsh, a Los Angeles-based film critic, journalist, podcast host, and event moderator, the witty and wonderful Katie Walsh reviews weekly film releases for the Tribune News Service and the Los Angeles Times. A frequent guest host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters, and one half of Miami Nice, which is the video podcast she hosts alongside Blake Howard, Katie's work has been published by Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone, Playboy, The Playlist, Slate, IndieWire, Women in Hollywood, Town and Country, and more. A graduate of the USC School of Cinematic Arts, where she received a Master's of Arts in Critical Studies, Katie is also a part-time lecturer at Chapman University, where she teaches the film studies class, Practices of Writing About Film. I am very much looking forward to talking with her about all of this today and more. Welcome, Katie, to Watch with Jen and Friends. Katie, thank you so much for doing this, by the way. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I listened to Robert's and Travis's Travis Woods episodes, and they were okay. super fun to listen to. Oh, thank you so much. So how are you doing, and how are you adapting to pandemic life? I'm doing well. Um, I mean, you know, good days and bad, good weeks and bad weeks. I feel like I'm doing really awesome one week and then the next week is a nightmare and then it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's up and down. Um, but I was working at home. I've been working at home for about five years, so (laughs) that hasn't changed, um, too much. And obviously I'm super grateful for, the fact that I can keep working. Um, so, yeah. you know, everything has still maintained in terms of my work output. It's just that I'm at home all the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's strange because as writers, we are basically at home, but now that you really can't go a lot of places, you just feel it more, I think. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I, I, I found myself earlier this year really missing LA And Mm -hmm. I watched that film, The High Note, with um, Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. And it's, like, just a gorgeous depiction of L.A. And and it was all these streets and stuff that I hadn't driven on. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to drive down Sunset. So (laughs) in the latter half of of all of this situation, I've been trying to get out a little bit more and just go for drives or hikes or go to the beach or something. So. That's good. Feed the soul a little bit, for sure. Well, you are one of the most positive people that I follow on Twitter. You're so funny, friendly, and genuine, and I love how you approach film. Have you always been interested in movies, and or how did you get involved in writing about film? Well, that's so nice. I, I feel like I sometimes get a little bit salty on Twitter, but I try to keep it positive. And, and for the most part, I think that like we all get into this because we love movies. So I'm always yeah. like, yeah, I liked it. I like movies. You know, I don't really <laughs> want to um, be too, too negative, even though sometimes some of my negative reviews have been uh, kind of popular, but um, yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. 
So I, yeah, I would say like when I was growing up, I'm from a small island in the Caribbean. I'm from St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And um, we obviously had a lot of pop culture, American pop culture. But, you know, being in a small island, I do think that you do connect to movies and TV and representations of culture that are, you know, part of the larger world as sort of a way to escape in a way. Not that I wanted to escape, but mm-hmm. um, I always loved reading. I was a huge bookworm. And actually a funny story is that when I was graduating from college, I was a film major and there was a, a film brunch and my someone asked my dad how I got into film and he goes, oh, Katie just always really liked watching TV. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just loved reading stories. Narrative has always been the thing that I have connected with. And so as a teenager, I started getting into movies and then I don't know, just like when I was like a junior or senior in high school, I was like, I want to do film. Like, it just seemed like the synthesis of everything that I was interested in, like literature, history, culture, art. Um, it was just like everything that I, I wanted to dive into was like encompassed in this medium. So I just decided I was going to major in film and um, I went to Wesleyan for undergrad, studied film there. And then when I graduated, I just had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I, I made a, a, th- a thesis film um, and it was one of these experiences where I was like, okay, uh, not going to be a film director, like cross that off the list. <laughs> But I knew I wanted to be involved in 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 the world of film somehow. So I moved to New York, and after a year of temping, I got a job at Lionsgate, and I was working in the publicity department, which was something that I just sort of stumbled into. I had no idea that the publicity department was like I, I had no idea what it was. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. know how it worked because um, that was not something that we talked about um, in my undergrad degree. But um, it was kind of a revelation for me to learn about this little cottage industry within the film industry. And it was a great way for me to learn how the industry works and how um, the industry works in terms of its relationship to the press. Uh, but I, I didn't, I realized after a couple of years that I would never be fully fulfilled um, yeah. in publicity that my boss could open a a giant newspaper and see a huge spread of something that she had placed. But I had this yearning feeling of like, well, I want my byline Mm -hmm. there. (laughs) Um, So I just knew that I could never really like find what I was looking for in publicity, even though it's a really fun industry. I mean, but it's also like, it is, crazy, crazy long hours, crazy hard work. I mean, it is, it is for the young for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started applying to grad school and I also had produced a short film that was directed by a friend in New York and that film got into South by Southwest in 2009. Very and cool. Yeah. And we all decided to go and, and it was like, I had these little business cards made up and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a producer or whatever that <laughs> I had no idea what that means. I was like, I was so clueless in a way, but, um, she happened to be dating at the time, Rodrigo, who is the editor in chief of the playlist. So Rodrigo was there and he and I were friends because, um, I knew him through Rebecca, who was the, the filmmaker. And 
I used to send him DVDs from Lionsgate all the time and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so he had this little blog called The Playlist, which was like just on Blogspot. And he, um, there were about 10 of us on the trip and he was like, okay, I have to leave early. If anyone can just write up a couple little blurbs about anything you see and just put it on the playlist, that would be great. So, you know, on the plane ride home, I was with my friend Bridget and she was the cinematographer for the film. And we were just like tapping away on our computers, like writing little like paragraph long film reviews of stuff that we had seen. Yeah. That was that was the first film review I wrote. And then I started, you know, sort of editing the playlist and um, writing little news pieces and stuff for them and writing just l- pieces like in theaters or streaming this week or not even streaming wasn't even a thing at that time. But, um, you know, so I just started writing little stuff for them and doing more and more. And then I eventually moved to L.A. to go to USC And once I was in LA, I just had way more access to press screenings. And Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends from my publicity days who were publicists and I was writing for the playlist now. So they would, you know, get me into screenings or, um, interviews or things like that. And so it just grew and grew from there. Um, and then eventually I started freelancing for the LA times and then I got my job with, um, Tribune news service. So I've been doing that for about five years. So I've been writing for 11 years and full time for five years. Wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long story. Oh, I love the background, though. That's really cool. Yeah. So at Wesleyan, was the degree mostly in production and then like film production, not so much critical studies? It's, it's, um, it's a mix. So okay. it's... Um, you have to like there are certain requirements that you have to do for the film degree there, which is like you have to take these two history classes mm-hmm. and get a B plus in both of them to even be able to get into the major. Like there, oh, gotcha, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have to take uh, like a production class. Um, so they want you to kind of touch on every aspect of of film and film studies and film production. And I I do have to say that. You know, I, lo- I I had taken a bunch of film studies classes before I took my production class, which we we used eight millimeter cameras and we cut on a flatbed and had to sync our own sound. I mean, it was like oh my ancient, gosh, ancient yeah, times. Um, but I just remember like trying to like sync sound on this big old flatbed and being like, how did anyone ever get a movie made <laughs> ever? This is so hard. And I just like yeah. every movie I've ever seen is just a miracle that it even exists. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's important for people who do film studies or who write about film to at least kind of have some small experience of working just even visiting a set or something and just seeing what it's like because it's so challenging and that is a lot of how I write as well you know you have to just at least say oh my god like this movie sucks but you made it and that's that's yeah (laughs) yeah you gain a very valuable perspective I think well writing about film of course is what you teach at Chapman yeah so what is professor Katie like And can you share any pearls of wisdom with any young listeners who are thinking of trying to write about movies professionally? Like, what would you advise? Yeah, you know, I, as a professor, it's funny because I, like, follow a lot of my former students on Twitter now, and they follow me, and, like, (laughs) we all follow each other on Letterboxd. 
Um, and they're great. And I love that. I love my Chapman students, but, um, I, I try to just be myself. Like I, I, I was, when I first started teaching, I was like, oh, I need to present like a different, uh, more professional attitude or something. And, and it's like, <laughs> no, I literally just walk in and I start rambling about something. And then they're like, I'm like, I hope you guys are getting something out of this, but I make them write a lot. Um, Good. and I, 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 I try to give them stuff that I think is, 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 um, contemporary and very, um, like up to date for the world that we are in. So one of the exercises that I make them do is I do what I call like a festival style assignment where I don't tell them what the film is going to be. And then I make them just watch the film in class and then they immediately have to compose a reaction tweet and then they have to draft something in like the remaining class period. So they have to draft something in like an hour and it doesn't gotcha. have to be perfect, doesn't have to be polished, but it's just like, okay, can you get into the process of like immediately coming up with a reaction and like writing something and, you know, just the speed that it, that it takes these days. And yeah. I make them pitch me and, and do things like that. And, and I try to talk to them about, you know, like what the contemporary world of film criticism and writing about film is like. So it's not a very historical criticism class, but, um, mm-hmm. I mean, my, I I have pieces of advice that I give to uh, a lot of people, with, or, or to you know, I have I have three pieces of advice that I've given a lot, which okay. is, and it can be applied to basically any industry. But um, one is network laterally, so network with the people who are at your level because you're all yeah. going to sort of move up yeah. together. And it's important mm-hmm. to have those friendships and those relationships that are really genuine. Like I feel yes. like networking when it feels disingenuous is like, that's just going to, you know, work against you. Mm-hmm. And then starting out, if you're just starting, like I would say, say yes to everything. Obviously yes. when you get bigger and you, you know, you have to say no to some things then that's a great position to be in. But like work begets work. And if people see that you are doing something, um, then they're going to say, oh, you know, Katie's writing about documentaries. I'm going to ask her to write about this documentary or or whatever it is that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you have to show that you're doing the thing that you want to be doing. And I think that that works for, for sort of any, anyone actor, cinematographer, director, you need to like have a reel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that ties into the third piece of advice, which is kind of controversial. And I don't necessarily know if I completely subscribe to it, but that is working for free or working for very little money. I mean, I, I agree actually for to yeah. start out. Yeah. Yeah. To start out. And it kind of ties into this idea of like, you have to show that you can do the thing yeah. that you want to be doing. So I worked for free for years and I'm not saying that people should necessarily do that, but I I had a really small sort of low stakes environment for me to kind of experiment and learn my voice and learn how the world worked. And I'm really grateful for that sort of like incubation period where I could like experiment and 
fail and mess up and but it wasn't on like a grander stage yes so I think that, that's very good yeah, yeah and, and like maybe that's your letterboxd account maybe that's your personal blog maybe that's your twitter like i don't it can be whatever it is but i think you that you just have to be demonstrating your taste and your skill and your viewpoint in mm-hmm. some way And then the other thing that I try to tell my students a lot is just to meet the movie where it is, you know, meet the movie on its own terms. Like if you're reviewing a Fast and Furious movie, is it successful at being a Fast and Furious movie? Then it's done what it set out to do. You know, it's not Citizen Kane. So I think that like kind of um, recognizing that any film that gets made is, is a small miracle and, and, and then also meeting the movie on its own terms is, is important. And, um, I'm not saying, you know, give everything like a trophy, like a participation trophy, but just to understand that it's all different and it's all relative and that we have to kind of come at it, um, you know, with a different perspective every single time. Very true. Well, you're also a podcast host on Switchblade Sisters and Miami Nice. So what do you love about podcasting? And because I know he's going to be listening, <laughs> can you share any embarrassing stories about our beloved mutual friend, Mr. Blake Howard? <laughs> I can't share any embarrassing stories about Blake. He is like an angel on this earth. He, he is. is just yeah. the nicest person in the world. I don't know how I got so lucky to have such a nice friend as Blake. Yes. <laughs> and he and he's such a, you know, he is he is a darling of of the film Twitter world. Um and it's actually fun because I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of the Aussies through him. Uh, yeah. so, you know, his he's best friends with Maria Lewis, who's a film critic Wonderful. and author <laughs> from Australia and she was in LA and we got drinks and it was super fun to to meet up with her. Um, but yeah, it's actually funny because when I was talking before about negative reviews, so, uh, Blake read my review of Nutcracker of, and the four realms, which I shredded. Oh no. Sometimes I have a lot of fun doing that and I feel okay doing it when it's like a big corporate, like, well, um, but, uh, he just sent me an email and said, Hey, this review was super funny. Do you want to be on one heat minute? And I said, yes. <laughs> and I had heard, you know, I'd heard of the podcast. And and then when we when we were doing one heat minute, I kept saying to him, You have to watch Den of Thieves. It's dumb heat. And then we did a whole uh, other episode about Den of Thieves, and he was so mad that I made him watch Den oh, of no. Thieves. Oh <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, we've just been, you know, we've been working on the Miami nice podcast, which has been really fun. And and the first four episodes were just the two of us like kind of drinking and, 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 um, chatting about the movie. And then, um, now we're going to, we're going to relaunch it with, um, some guests. So I'm excited for that. Um, it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, you gotta love film Twitter just for the like global aspect of it. Very much. I know. I've gotten to meet so many wonderful people that I wouldn't have encountered otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Switchblade Sisters, what is that like? Oh, Switchblade is so fun. Um, you know, I got involved in that because I'm I'm friends with April and she was going to New Zealand to shoot Black Christmas and yeah. she needed uh, someone to fill in and she was like, I trust you to like toss you the keys to the car. And 
I've been doing radio and, and, and podcast guesting for a while, but this was the first time I was hosting. Um, you know, and, and that podcast is so special because mm-hmm. it is talking to women about craft, which is something yep. that no one ever talks to female filmmakers about. And, um, you know, I, I interviewed Allison Anders for that. One of my favorite. She's yes. so amazing. And I, and she's just the loveliest person. And we talked about Night Tide, which I had never seen, which is this crazy movie with Dennis Hopper. And um, <laughs> he's like in love with a mermaid. And, um, you know, as me and Allison were walking to the parking lot, she said, that's the first time I've ever had an interview where someone didn't ask me about being a woman. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and I was shocked because Allison is this legend. She's been around forever Mm -hmm. and I just can't imagine having like a 30 year career like she has had and being like having to answer that question every single time. What's it like being a woman filmmaker? And I I think (laughs) to talk about the inequalities in the, in the industry and, and everything. But I also think that like what I have found in talking and doing Q and A's and things with um, female directors is like, they just want to talk about being a director. Yes. And what's it like to use the camera this way? And and how did you frame this? And why did you, what was the performance choice? And so I think that the emphasis on, on directing and craft and writing, whatever it is that our guests on Switchblade do um, I think that that makes it just such a unique podcast. And it, I just get to talk to the coolest people. I'm like, <laughs> lucky me <laughs> interview, you know, Allison Anders and all these great filmmakers. And it's just, you know, it's amazing. So, and oh, that's it's like, what's going on? Oh, that's wonderful though. Well, early on when I met you on Twitter, we were teased by some of Blake's pals for bringing a little thirst to one heat minute. <laughs> So while I have you here, I can't very well pass up the opportunity to ask which Michael Mann movie has the hottest cast, oh. and why is it all of them? But anyway, that which one? <laughs> you know, I have to go with Miami Vice. Pretty much, yeah. You got you got Colin, you got Jamie doing Gong nudity. Lee. Yes, <laughs> Gong Lee. You got. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dominic Labardozzi from. The Wire, and he is in Miami Vice for a very short amount of time. Also, me and Blake both got followed by him on Twitter yesterday because we're trying to get him on the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, but, um, I mean, I, yeah, Miami Vice, at, I just love Colin Farrell's mustache. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also, I'm a big fan of Collateral, but there's just oh, not Oh, that many. one, I love that movie, yeah. Yeah, it's just so good. Um, there's just not... Oh, and, and Mark Ruffalo, super cute and collateral. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's a close second for me. But also, I mean, yeah. De Niro is pretty prime in heat. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know my obsessions. But also Last of the Mohicans. Oh, God, I yeah. Mean, Last of the DDL. So beautiful. Yes. I know. I, know. Yeah, I, I haven't seen so that in so long. Everybody, I, yeah. I need to rewatch it. I'm long overdue for a rewatch on Last of the Mohicans. I know. It's been a while. Probably since I was on... The last, was it 10 minutes of the Mohicans oh, or whatever? Yeah. With like, yeah. So it is overdue for a rewatch for yeah. sure. Well, okay. So I know you host and moderate a number of events. So let's say that your favorite LA theater is asking you to program an evening of Katie. It can be some of your favorite themes, directors, etc. 
what are you showing us and which theater do we need to call to make them book it? Yeah. You know, I knew you were going to ask this because I listened to... You did? Okay, good. Yeah, I listened to... um, uh, a couple episodes. And so I was like, I'm prepared. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. We were talking on Twitter about how someone will say, what's, you know, what's a good movie? And you're like, what? I've never even heard of movies before. <laughs> yeah, what's a movie? <laughs> um, but it's just so interesting because I, uh, I feel like my taste is really varied. So, I mean, it could be a night of like, documentaries about making documentaries, which I love documentaries and I totally nerd out on them. Um, Mm. so it'd be like a double feature of camera person and man with a movie camera. Ooh, I would Uh, totally watch that. Yeah. It would be fascinating. Um, and I love like the early Soviets are just so interesting to me, all the, um, experimentation they did and, um, Ziga Vertov and everything is just like, yeah, I just love seeing people be like, what's this new technology we have? <laughs> yes. uh, and then, or it could be like a night of like 70s horror films because I love 70s horror films. Um, Carrie is my favorite movie. Oh, okay. Um, so it'd be like creepy kid movies. Like, oh the gosh, Omen. they're the scariest. I know. They're like, yes. the and Carrie and like um, The Exorcist, you know. Yes. <laughs> Big budget, mainstream, 70s horror. Like, I love that. Even Rosemary's Baby. I love I love all, all of those movies. So I, I just feel like my, my taste is, like, totally all over the place. So it would have to be, like, different themes for different nights. Okay. Yeah, let's make it a festival. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or, you know, even, like, I have a lot of guilty pleasures in terms of, like, really bad action movies, like, any oh, gosh, me too. Yeah. Gerard Butler, Vin Diesel movies. So I'd have to do a night of like um, Den of Thieves and Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, there so you go. My three night Katie's all over the place festival. Okay, yeah, or actually four with the documentaries. So right. we've got quite a lineup. I love yeah, that. Exactly. Oh, and the theater, I don't know. There's so many great theaters in LA. It'd be like, the new Bev or the new art or the American Cinematheque. Uh, okay. Yeah. Call her basically. Right. Exactly. Yes. I know. Well, something I've never asked you now we know Carrie is one of them, but what are some of your other favorite movies? You know, I used to have a list um, that I kept sort of religiously and obviously some things have fallen off of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I love De Palma and I love um, Scarface. I'm, Okay. obsessed with. Oh, I have to add another night to my festival. It would be um, Scarface and Spring Breakers. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I feel yeah. like Spring Breakers is like teen girl Scarface. Okay. <laughs> All right. Teen girl, uh, millennial, or I don't even know who would be millennial, but yeah, teen girl, millennial Scarface. That's Spring Breakers for me. Another one of my favorite movies. I saw it four times in the theater. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, which I don't usually do that. Like, I if I rewatch, it's usually at home. I don't rewatch in the theater a ton. But um, when I'm reviewing things, sometimes I try to go to, like, two screenings if it's yeah. been a while. Um, so I'll do that. Um, but uh, other favorite movies. Okay, I love also... I was talking about, about the early Soviets. I love... Um, 
Mikhail uh, Kolotazov, who's he did The Cranes Are Flying, which is a 1960 war movie about this woman whose husband goes off to war and he dies and she's waiting for him to come back. Um, Mm -hmm. And he also did a film called I Am Cuba, which is this three and a half hour epic that's basically about Cuba in the 1960s and the American influence and industry and communism and revolt and um, the camera work in both Cranes and Cuba are just amazing. Like he had this cameraman named um, Uduszewski who uh, would just put the camera on ropes and up and down a hotel and into a pool and, you know, oh my gosh. Um, through like a like on a canoe like through a jungle and that's all in Cuba and then in, in it's <laughs> like this crazy crowd shot where they're like following her and following her and then the cameraman like steps on a like a lift and it like pulls him up into this crazy crane shot oh, I love that stuff yeah. I know it's like so it's just super um exciting and then I'm also a huge fan of of Bong Joon-ho uh, so Memories of Murder is another one of my favorite movies, but I love all of his movies, but that's probably my favorite of his. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I love how diverse you are. It's all over it the is place, so I know. great. Well, it's nice though, because when you watch something, you can bring all these different taste levels to it. And I think it makes your stuff so original and so just fascinating. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think to be a critic, like you do have to watch a lot of different stuff. Yes. And you need to go back in time. I mean, that's another thing for young critics, like oh, watch older films, um, just so you get the references and the originality and the like, oh, this comes from this kind of idea. Um, but I also think like it's important as a critic to like experience other types of art as well. Like, oh, yes, visual art, theater you know, books, writing, comedy, whatever. Like, and I do think that most of the critics that I really love and respect, like are diverse in their tastes, but like you do have to, there's something about bringing in like a literary reference or a historical Mm -hmm. reference to your writing that I think just sort of like elevates it and, and understanding the context. So, yeah, I see that with Priscilla Page bringing in painting and photos or Kim Morgan bringing in very obscure things or Courtney Howard bringing in music, like all these different critics bringing in new things. Yeah. Or these rare, obscure little things that Matt Solar-Zeitz will bring in. You're just like, blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think absolutely like sets you apart. I Mm -hmm. I think as a writer, um, that ability to have that, um, just a, even if it's even if you're not like a specialist, like you know, in, in a specific field, like just like having a curiosity about everything, I think is really yes. important. Yeah, yeah, so. very true. Well, what have you been watching lately? Is there anything you'd like to recommend? Yeah. So this week, because I reviewed, I'm thinking of ending things. I mm-hmm. uh, rewatched a couple of Kaufman films. Um, okay. Synecdoche, New York, and um, I don't think I ever say that right. Um, and I watched adaptation, which I, you know, had not seen since it came out and I really loved it. It was like, yes. Oh, such a great film. And it actually, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe Hollywood like gave it some Oscars, like nominated it and gave, you know, Chris Cooper the Oscar, but, um, you know, you're like, good, good on them for, for recognizing that film. Um, And, you know, I've been watching, I actually haven't, I've been a little bit off of watching 
you know, I review films every week for the Tribune. So I have to watch a lot of new stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Um, and I love, I'm thinking of ending things uh, this week. But um, I also did the, a couple of pieces earlier this summer for Mel magazine, um, which is about <laughs> women uh, who have made action films. So that ah, was really cool. fun. Um, that was a really fun process of, I rewatched all of Catherine Bigelow's films and I saw the ones. Been doing that. Yeah. yeah I, I heard you mention that on one of your podcasts. Like, uh, so I saw some Bigelow films I had never seen before, like The Loveless and like oh, yeah. you know, Weight of Water, um, which is a, so good. Yeah. I actually really liked it. It is a crazy movie and it's it not. Is totally her, her best. Yeah. yeah. And it's different. Yeah. But it's, it's nuts. And I really loved it. So I, I watched that and I, wa- I, I watched, I, I did pieces on Catherine Bigelow, Karen Kusama, Lexi Alexander, Patty Jenkins, um, and Gail Ann Hurd. So I was watching basically all of their filmographies. So that was a really fun, um, cool. process yeah. Yeah, to, to rewatch that. So I definitely think I, I, all the Bigelow films. I mean, I, I've already been such a huge fan of hers. And Near Dark is one of my favorite movies. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. that one on the American Cinematheque Film Festival. But yes, um, <laughs> uh, you know uh, that film has been one of my favorites for a really long time. And and I just love watch like when you watch her whole filmography, you can see the themes, the themes, and the things that she's working with, and watching her grow. And it's just yeah it's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool with all of those filmmakers. I can, I can imagine seeing their like Kusama starting with, was it girl fight? Was that? Yeah. That was her first film. Yeah. And seeing what happened with her career and yeah. yeah. And she's such a survivor because she's had such a rough go of it with Mm -hmm. uh, director's jail and everything, but just like seeing how she's made it work for her and, and sort of doing these two huge studio movies and then, just being like, screw it. I'm making a million dollar thriller with my husband and we're getting funding from an organization. And, you know, it's this brilliant film, The Invitation, which I loved that movie. So good. So, yes. And just I watching, recommended that to like everyone. Absolutely. I came yeah. and, and just watching her sort of be like, okay, I'm doing this myself. But even like Eon Flux, like it's a weird movie, but there's flourishes of brilliance in it and, and, and of her, um, sensibility. So I, I very much, you know, I appreciate it for, for what it is and sort of like what the story that tells it, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the little moment in time that it is in her career and how we can understand how it is for, for women filmmakers. Yeah, I have never seen uh, Eon Flux. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think it's definitely worth watching. But okay, it's like just to like understand the Kusama story, but it you know yeah. it's, it's actually really beautifully made and shot, and they they shot it in um, Germany at all these crazy architectural landmarks, and Ooh. you know the costumes are great, and like I think Charlize is great. Obviously, uh, me too. The yeah. movie has some story issues, but like she's actually really good in it. So okay, it's worth it's worth it just to like just as like a, a study. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you're not reviewing movies, what 
streaming service do you go for the most? Like, what do you usually put on? (laughs) So I definitely need some separation of church and state in in my life. Um, And I need something to watch that is not work. Yeah. So my current favorite streaming service is called Wow Presents Plus because I'm obsessed with drag and drag race. Ah. So Wow Presents is the production company that makes RuPaul's Drag Race. And I would say Drag Race is my number one, like just pure giddy fandom um, that is like completely unrelated to like my job in any way. (laughs) But um, so they have a streaming site, which is like $4 a month or something. And they have all this original content on there, but they also have Canada's Drag Race, which I've been obsessed with and Drag Race UK. So Wow uh, Wow Presents is my number one streaming service. Um, But then I also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you might have um, just delighted Jordan Harper, who I just had on last week, because the thing he was talking about right away, just right off the bat, was RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, my God. How obsessed he was with it, how he wants to be on a podcast... And I'm wondering, does he know about the Canadian Drag Race UK? I mean, you might have just made his day. It. Yeah. yeah. And, um, they also have, I haven't watched it yet, but they have Drag Race Thailand, which I've heard is amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and a couple other sort of uh, original se- like docu-series. Um, but I've just been obsessed with drag since I was like a tween. I was really into like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and oh, love um, that movie. I had yeah. that soundtrack, and I was really into to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar with Wesley Snipes and, and Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Yes, <laughs> and then who's the third? Is it John Lewis? Like Wasamo. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's just I just love it. It's like the only like I I don't get phased around celebrities at all. Like uh-huh. when I see celebrities, I'm like, oh, who cares? And then I see like a, a drag race star and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get a picture. I like, <laughs> you know, like, I want to go up and talk to them. So that's my one fandom. So I do need a little something that I can kind of just like kick back with. Um, but then I have, uh, you know, I do Amazon Prime, which actually has some really good films on Prime. Thank I mean, you. they're, they're fine, but yeah. yeah. And then um, Hulu is like kind of killing it in the like indie really indie film. And like, they have such good documentaries. Like yes, every documentary I have recommended to anyone over the past five years, they have like, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So their, their curation is amazing. And they just got two um, bong films, um, mother and the host. So okay. Um, mother is also one of my favorite bong films. So I was like, so good shocked when I saw that it was on Hulu. I was like, Oh my God. Great. Um, so yeah, I think there's like some real like fun little gems, um, to find, you know, Netflix can be kind of overwhelming and, and whatever's leaving, it's like constantly hard to know. I'm also doing HBO max and they, Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying them. And, um, I have to write the streaming guide for, uh, I've, since the pandemic started, I've been writing a streaming guide. So that has been 
fun because I will just scroll through like all the randomest streaming services. Like Tubi has a lot of they really do, yeah, really obscure films. And yeah. the categorization is like insane. Can like, never find anything. <laughs> I know. But like I was like scrolling through the kids section because I have to write a family guide, and I was like, "Whoa, there's all these like kooky '80s obscure like teen kids movies on here <laughs> that I feel like like kids wouldn't actually want to watch, but like people my age would." <laughs> oh yeah, nostalgia, man. <laughs> totally, totally, but yeah, yeah. They have a, they're, there's like some really interesting stuff on, on that site. <laughs> there really is. Is that the one that's like missing a search function? It might be. I just like I search think so. Or is it Pluto? That's Pluto. Pluto. Pluto yes. Is like, um, that one I don't quite understand because it's no. basically like a uh, uh, stream, like a TV. So it's just like, oh, this is on right now. I love if I'm like, I don't understand how t- live TV works anymore. <laughs> I know. There's like live and on demand. And then I go to the on demand and it's got the strangest categories, but you can never search. So I watched Anomalisa actually earlier this week and I found it Yeah, on my fire stick and I actually had to type it in uh, just on the fire stick and have them find it in Pluto because I could never find it. It Oh my God, that's so annoying. Oh, and then I also have Shudder. I love Shudder. Okay, sure. Um, Because I love uh, genre films. So that's been a great one. They have great curation on that as well. They do. They have a lot of um, exclusives, don't they? Of new films. Yeah. 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 They also have like a live function, which is kind of fun if you just don't really know what you, if you don't want to get lost in the scroll. Yeah. Which is easy to do. <laughs> yeah. They'll just, um, they just are like, oh, this is playing. And so sometimes it's like, oh, you can just, I'm, you know, folding laundry. I'm just going to like throw yeah. background on shutter on. And sometimes it's really cool. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking about movies and everything with me. I really appreciated this. It was so nice to finally get a chance to I talk. I know. This was fun. This was a great chat. Thanks for having me. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.